Welcome to today's podcast. We have with us Kim and Charity, and we're going to talk today about the eternal principle, the timeless truth of marriage, and praising God. And so, Kim, I'm going to let you get us started. Well, great. So, I have been married for 25 plus years. We are the parents of 11. And we have definitely gone through a lot of different ups and downs in our married life. But I learned a key that made all the difference. And it's one that I love to share. And the key is how to change the trajectory of your relationship based on using the power of praise. And I'm not using the word gratitude. I'm actually using the word praise. They go together, but praise is different than gratitude in my perspective. And I want to delineate that first, define those terms, and then I'll tell our story. So gratitude is a feeling you feel that you're grateful for things. And there are eternal laws that when you are grateful for something, that it opens some windows and that we are meant to be grateful. We are asked to be grateful. But praise is something that we see the prophets from the Old Testament and the New Testament using to make a difference. And praise basically is taking gratitude to a verbal expression. So when you verbalize your gratitude out loud and praise God for it, that's when gratitude becomes praise. So this is how it looks. For example, you end up having a car accident. And so how do you be grateful in that moment? We're, we're commanded to be grateful in all things, to praise God in all things. So how do you do that? Well, especially if it was a tragic one, that would be tremendously hard. But you can praise God for the fact that he, you can call on him. You can praise God that you have a God to turn to in that time of need. You can praise him that you know you're his. And so you may not be able to form the words, I praise you that there was this injury that somebody sustained because that might not be sincere, That you know, but you can praise him that you can come to him. So that's the difference from gratitude. It's actually verbalizing it out loud to your God. That's when gratitude becomes praise. Now, the promises in the scriptures about praise are 100 times more powerful than those of gratitude. So a grateful heart is a beautiful thing. A praising mouth is what it's all about because it shows trust. We're commanded to have trust in God, and there's no way to show your trust but by doing something. And praising is the highest form of showing trust. Okay. And you put in one of those keys, it's sincere praise, right? Or can you start out, I am trying my hardest to praise and get up to the level of sincere praise? That's such a good question. So I take my answer from that from Corey Tenboom from The Hiding Place. So at the very end of this amazing story of this Christian woman who survived the concentration camps, she's now preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to Jews to help them find healing. The prison guard who mocked her in her nakedness 
the one who was almost sadistic in his torture of herself and her sister, who was present when her sister died and showed no mercy, came to one of these meetings. She knew him instantly and felt horror and disgust and loathing, and he did not recognize her. And at the end of the event, he comes to her and raises his hand to shake hers and ask, can I be forgiven? And Corey describes the hour of emotion that passed in that four seconds as she contemplated how she could ever forgive this evil man. And she, she lifted her hand, praying that God would give her the feeling. And God gave her the feeling. And as soon as their hands touched, she felt all the forgiveness. So I think sometimes in all honesty, we praise, and sometimes it sounds like this. Father, I know you're there. I trust you. I love you. The circumstances I'm, that I'm in right now are so big, but I know that thou dost know them, and I praise thee for the fact that I can just get on my knees and turn to thee. I promise that as soon as we start doing that, it turns on a key that acts like a catalyst for all good things for healing. Okay, so that we had to establish that because that is how I have, and I'm not the author of this idea and in my marriage. So when my husband and I were first married, we're exact opposite personality types. I'm the ambitious, energetic personality, and he's the thoughtful quiet, wants quiet time, likes everything in order. I'm a disaster. He likes life structured. Okay. So now we have opposites attract, opposites attract. (laughs) And so we got married and the first 10 years of our marriage, we both were considering, is this even going to work? We don't even really like each other on a regular basis. And we don't have a lot in common. And how do we make this work? Well, meantime, Children just keep coming, and that makes it even harder. So long story short, there were times where we honestly talked, maybe this should be dissolved. Maybe this should be over. But when we got married, it was a very, we are in it for the long haul. We're, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this short term. Like, I, there's no prenup agreement. There's no nothing like that. We are going for like life and after life is our, was our plan. So I am very thankful to parents and family all around us who cheered us. I have a dear friend who overheard me mocking my husband once and she looked me straight in the eye and she said, never talk about him that way. She called me on the carpet, very good friend and inspiration to me. And so that kind of woke me up to the fact that I was hurting my marriage. So then I started to pray regularly about our marriage. And I asked Father in Heaven to bless our marriage, that we would make it something that was beautiful, that would last beyond the grave. And I prayed that prayer every single day for multiple years. Well, we had had a stillborn baby early in our marriage. And I got pregnant now, you know, this is now 15 years into our marriage and I'm pregnant and we have six children and this pregnant goes south just like 
that stillborn one where my water broke early and, and I ended up landed in the hospital. My sister called me and she said, Kim, I learned this subject of praise. Uh, you need to start praising God in all things. Hmm. And I was sitting in a hospital bed over the holidays, praising God for being in a hospital, leaving my children, whom I homeschool. So now <laughs> they're, <not> easy. <laughs> now I'm, it's the holidays. Nobody's guiding their education. I have neighbors filling in, feeding them. And on top of that, it was 2000. Eight, almost 2009, and the subdivision we built in 2008 was pending. It was going into foreclosure. So, and uh, my home was wrapped up in that. Everything in my life was upside down. And my sister asked me to praise God. And she asked me in such a way that I knew what she was teaching was truth. So I did. In that hospital bed, we got all these tests done on our babies. I had MRIs and CAT scans and all these things going on. And, and every piece of news just came back horrible. She would have club feet. They didn't detect a nose. She had organs that were too small. All of these just horrible pieces of information. And I just started to praise God for that. Wow. Well, she ended up having a lethal condition. And she was born naturally and in the birth process as she was born her neck tore wide open from down to her jugular and because her issue was and we have a gen we found out through her that we have a one in four chance of having a baby with this skin restrictive dermopathy but long story short i was even able to praise god for the fact that her neck split open and I honestly, I wondered how I could say those words as she's sitting in an incubator and I was outside walking around for the first time in six weeks off of bed rest as she's sitting in an incubator and I'm walking around the hospital with my husband and I told him we had to praise God for this and I did not know how to do it, but I I obeyed. So I thanked Heavenly Father for the fact that in this natural childbirth, which the doctors told me I should have, not a C-section, her neck split open and she experienced such a painful injury that made everything more complicated that they were dealing with. Anyway, we said that prayer. We walked back into the hospital and within about eight hours, because the neck was split open, the geneticist who had just returned from vacation, this baby's now 10 days old, said, I know exactly what your baby has. It's lethal. It helped us make every decision after that. And so we ended up having a beautiful experience. Our baby passed away and life went on. Well, we returned home. I'm in this new high spiritual place, but my husband has been fighting a battle. He's been at home for the previous, now it's been eight weeks. And That's a long time. Eight weeks when you're home and your entire life's work is in foreclosure. When you have six children, it was a week before Christmas. What does a man do in that situation? And I come home like Pollyanna, feeling just so full of the spirit, having had angelic experiences. My good husband was fighting this battle on his own and dealing with real world stuff. And anyway, I shared this story and... I just kept telling him, oh, it's going to be okay. We're going to just be, let's just praise God. And he just wasn't there with me. He was fighting dragons and he didn't have a moment 
to praise God in those circumstances. And so I got on my knees one afternoon after he left the house just lower than low because of all the financial stress that we were in. And I got on my knees and I thanked my God for the struggles my husband faces in his life, for his baggage, for his weaknesses, for all the stuff that's his. And in that moment of praising, I had kind of an understanding come on me that those were actual gifts given to our family to help us all. That if I had married this perfect man, I would never have been brought to my knees. And I also recognized that I had a lot of healing to do myself, that I was a lot of the broken party. So got up from that prayer, having an entirely new perspective of my husband. At that point, I also learned one second truth. I'm going to share that now. A woman's role in a marriage is that she can write the script of the relationship. Women are relationship-minded and men are not as much. So men look to the wife to see how they're doing. So true. So I realized that I had a job to write the script. So I changed a few things. At that point, I started to praise my husband for his great qualities. I thanked him regularly for the things he did. And I wasn't doing this in a manipulative way. I just began to see them and I began to recognize them. And as I did that, information started to flow into my life. And I just like, I read a personality book and I understood him better. And just little tiny little miracles started to happen for me that helped me see him. But I honestly believe that in every person's situation, as soon as you start throwing in praise, praising God for your spouse's issues, praising God for your personal issues or weaknesses and strengths, you give God all the credit. He's able to start working with you. And it turns that key of, of blessings, of healings, of, of the Savior's atonement, of whatever it is, it turns that on. It makes it eternal because we don't understand all the laws, right? And we don't understand, we, in our very finite minds, don't understand the infinite options in the universe that God can bring into our lives, right? That's what I found because I've just tried this for a few days and my heart has been softened in a way that it hasn't been in years. It's that I've had many times of softened hearts, but this is, it's almost like a different angle of my soul has been touched and it's slowly changing me. And so I love the infinite possibilities that God can see and work with. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So this is what it looks like in my home. Now, every time my husband leaves, I say, I love you. Every time we hang up on the phone, I say, I love you. When he comes to me frustrated at something I've done, which is pretty regular because we're still opposite, right? (laughs) The house is a mess or the dinner's late or I forgot to do this or I blew it when I did it. Okay. (laughs) And, um, when he gets frustrated with me, I really can sincerely listen to what he has to say rather than always defending myself. I love him enough to listen 
to validate his feelings. And then I just climb into his arms and hug him and let him hug me in return. Cause I just, I guess I need that comfort. But what he's told me it's done for him is that it has healed him because he knows that he can make a mistake when he gets frustrated that I won't lose my love for him. I'll actually increase my love for him, which has changed him. Yeah. That's one, th- one thing he needed. And it kind of just happened naturally. I'm not teaching that as a principle. I'm just, it's like one of those little diamond dust things that came for us. And I think it's simply because I've been praising God now consistently for at least 10 years for what, for him, for us, for our circumstances, which are not always very ideal, right? I, I, they're not, you could say not financially ideal, not whatever, in whatever way it is, it's not ideal. And yet maybe it is ideal. Right. Maybe it's exactly what's needed. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned from Corey Ten Boom that she said, all circumstances are of Christ Jesus. Now she was sitting in Auschwitz. This was not an ideal situation. And yet that circumstance actually was ideal because God is in it. If all circumstances are of Christ Jesus, and that's in Thessalonians, then every circumstance you are in right now, no matter how pleasant or how ugly it is, God's in it with you. That makes it ideal right there. He didn't expect us to be a perfect people. In fact, our brokenness is what's so awesome because that's what gets us on our knees praising him. And that's when he can pull off the miracles when we start praising him. So that's what Corey, that's what Corey learned through that whole circumstance was God was there and she just needed to start praising him for that. And so they thank for the glees and they thank for the nakedness and they thank for the, for all of the ugliness. And it actually has turned to change the world. So God was, God was in that, that circumstance was the most ideal circumstance that she could have ever had because God was there. Isn't that amazing? It brings hope to the most disgusting situations, right? So if you're dealing with relationship issues that are so deep, that are just cellularly awful, no, God's in it and he can turn it to be the miracle. And the key is praise. Yes. Yes. So go to choice. Choice. So choosing. And I'm actually going to back you up for half a second. When you talked about brokenness, it made me think Kenneth Cope is a phenomenal Christian artist that I love. He is a friend, but he's also, I have loved his music since I was a teenager and he has a song called broken. And I highly recommend you look it up because it talks about broken bread needs green, broken skies means rain and the broken Lord is what gave us eternal life, right? His atonement. I listen to the song, well, probably weekly, sometimes when I'm having a really hard time, multiple times a day, because it's the reminder that it's okay to be broken, right? And most all of you look through history in the history of the world, the people who had the greatest change, affected the greatest changes were in the midst of the most broken circumstances. And if God's in it, it's whole. Yeah. George Washington's dad died at, what, 11? So many of our great men and women, Joan of Arc's 
right? I, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking of Joan of Arc, but really, I mean, you can go to almost every circumstance. And as soon as you just start bringing God into it, he can turn it whole. Yeah. So choice. Here's another thing that I learned. I actually never really chose my husband. Yes, I agreed to marry him. And then, yes, I married him. And then, yes, I had six children with him and then seven and then eight. But when did I really choose him? And it was actually, in my case, he realized that he had to make a choice. Does he want me as I am? This charge ahead woman, and he would rather have somebody who would sit on the couch and sit and talk about life versus go do another project. So he had to choose me. And he told me, he said, Kim, I choose you. I choose you. And I realized I hadn't chosen him either. And I thought about that. I couldn't tell him I choose you. I was still maybe had wandering eyes and wondering, would there be somebody that was better for me, a better fit? And then I realized, no, I choose him. I'll take his baggage. He's taken my baggage. I'll take him for what he is right now and for what he may become. But I choose him. So we started saying that to each other. I choose you. I choose you. That's frankly, in our marriage, it's more powerful than I love you. I choose you. Yeah, I believe it. And that's been healing for both of us because now I really choose him. So you choose him, you praise God, and you find the beauty of this eternal principle called marriage. Yeah. And it's become so beautiful for both of us. We are so happily married. We're still opposites in every way, except for the fact that we both adore each other. And it didn't have to happen overnight. It didn't. It took 20 years. I love it. I that love the fact. so much greatness and hope. <laughs> 25 years. No. So I would say that our, I really started to switch around around year 22. So there is so much goodness and hope in this world. So what are you choosing today? Are you choosing your marriage? Are you choosing your life? Are you choosing to praise God? 